Pickaxe. Welcome to the Chance Encounters podcast. We've been running board game cafes around the UK for the past seven years now. From Hindus to family dues, first dates to breakups, we've recommended the perfect game for every situation, and now we're looking for a fresh challenge. Every episode, we'll be inviting a guest to put our board game knowledge to the test. They'll come armed with an abstract and absurd scenario, and it's up to us to figure out what that situation calls for and recommend a game that totally pops up their pirate. Whoever's game recommendation our guest loves the most will score a point, and at the end of the series, one person will be crowned the Titan of Board Games! Yes. Uh, I am Richard Scarsbrook. I'm one of the founders of Chance Encounters and the host of a host of the podcast. Um, and when we first opened CNC, we were literally giving cheese away. We had what was then known as the cheese board, and we literally didn't know how to price food, and we were actually <laughs> underpricing it so that we lost money on every sale. <laughs> So, as you can tell, we're great at business. <laughs> uh, and I'm joined by Ben. Hello, I'm Ben. I make videos with the Yogscast. I love board games and I'm a massive nerd. Um, I will happily take free cheese. That's crazy. Maybe that is the secret to your success. Maybe you got snowballed mm. in the beginning by the savvy cheese eaters. <laughs> And then it all just went from there, you know? That might literally, you might be giving TED Talks in the future and telling everyone to give away cheese. Just in undercut all their future it all. business endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and our guest host for this week is Russ. Hello, my name's Russell. I uh, work at Chance Encounters. I have various uh, things I do there, but currently finding myself um, very good at telling you a game based on very limited abstract in descriptions of that game, uh, which is a skill that I've been very good at from working at board game cafes for the last few years. So you try it out. Just give me a game, and I'll and I'll guess it. No, don't do that. No, it's better you when it's it. real. <laughs> it's better it, when it's it real. The... But honestly, customers have oh, yeah. given me so weird descriptions before, and I like it because when I'm doing it in front of a colleague. You can always kind of see them go like, like that weird face, like, what? How the heck did you get that from that? Um, so yeah, it's a very good skill that I have. I don't okay. know how to turn it into like richness, uh, riches, <laughs> but we're still working on that. Well, well it, there's a game you can't remember. Post in the comments a vague description mm, of that mm, game, and I'll try my we'll best. If I've played do. it, that's the only caveat. I, I mean, I've played a lot, a lot of games, so uh, chances are I have. But if I don't know the game, I don't. How am I going to remember it? That's the only no, caveat. This is Ross's 100% guarantee. You post a, a vague <laughs> description and he will be able to name what it is. Uh, we'll send you a cheese board. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, we are sure the lawyers. That is, that is we're, we're allowed to do that. I'm not sure we can cross the bound boundaries into other countries. Uh, we'll have to double check that when we get back to you. Thank you very much. Um, and our guest for this week is Semi Co-op's Heinze. Yes, all the way from the land of cheese. Oh, uh, <laughs> Amazing. We'll, we'll import it from Denmark? Ne the Netherlands. Netherlands? Why? I'm really sorry, my uh, North European, uh, it's not very good. Ours is terrible as well. We once said several Scandinavian board game people came from the same country and we were rightfully harassed Ooh. out of the billing. Oh, no. <laughs> So what you're saying is it's, it's not just uh, those no. with To be honest, um, I once got um, fairly reasonably 
insulted because I didn't know where Belfast was. So please don't <laughs> test me on that either. Uh, my geography is absolutely terrible, even much closer to home. So Did you at least know it was in, you know, our neck of the woods? Yes, but exactly the <laughs> fact that it was the capital of... Oh my god, he still doesn't know. It's a 50-50. It's a 50-50, right? Northern Ireland? Yes! Well well, there we go. So uh, we're also becoming a trivia podcast as well. So, uh, (laughs) But thank you so much for joining us, Heinz. Yeah, thank you for having me. No worries. Um, So we... uh, we asked you to become come prepared with an, an yes. abstract and absurd scenario. Could you could you let us in on on what that is? Yeah, and maybe I, give I, it really slightly more abstract, and Russ will tell you what the actual thing is. is that- <laughs> oh, we can we can try. <laughs> Russ and I have been chatting along about it, sure. uh, but no, the scenario is as follows: um, after years of conspiracies and hunches, it turns out subterranean people are actually real. Um, and more than that, there are several tunnels with different species of subterranean creatures coming towards the surface, and they'll be mm. here in 72 hours. Okay. Now, we have gathered 300 random people from all across the globe um, because we're afraid subterranean people would be offended if we sent scientists and linguists. Uh, and these people will be trained using a board game to try and make contact with these subterranean people and mm-hmm hopefully um, prevent any conflict or bloodshed. And so I need a board game to train 300 people in 72 hours to peacefully negotiate with subterranean people. Mm. Wow. What kind of subterranean? Are we talking mole men, lizard people? I I thought it would be fun if it's a mix of different. Mm. So mole men would be good. Maybe giant roaches. Uh, Mm. I like lizard people. You know what? Um, this sounds like a really good board game. This, this. <laughs> in so itself. Not only did we not realize that there were actually people who were living underneath, mm-hmm. but we actually missed the fact that there was vast arrays of mm-hmm. these as well. There was a huge variety of people who lived under. We've always been looking up. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, you know how like we haven't really explored the depths of the ocean exactly. in a similar way? How deep mm. have we really gone into the earth? Yeah, I mean, if you count all of underground as part of Earth, we've explored, you know, less than 1% of the Earth's... Exactly. You know, in its... In its... Yeah. <laughs> it's <a> gooey insides. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, uh, is that true? That's like... Well, you think how big a sphere is, right? Yeah. I mean, we've only dug into, like, that sort of topsoil part, and then there's the rest of it, which is, like, Top hundreds soil. of times more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I hear this. I again, I, I hate to repeat things without verifying them myself, but it does seem likely. If you were to looking at like a, a like a snooker ball, which appears very smooth, if you were to mm. zoom in um, to uh, like a snooker ball um, it, and and look at it uh, at the same scale of of Earth, it would mm-hmm. actually have crevices and peaks that were higher than Earth's. Um, which is just really? a really wild really? fact that I've said. I, I can't 100% verify <laughs> that. wild. I love but it. Apparently the, uh, <laughs> but I just thought that was wild because it's just so smooth. Yeah. You like think of snooker balls being really smooth, but wow. apparently they share you know, variations in the surface area that's greater than Earth's. So, so yeah, the, it's kind so of... So the Earth is proportionately smoother than a snooker ball. Yeah, apparently, according to someone on the internet. 
You heard it here first. <laughs> I just, I mean, it just makes me worry because that's one of those really cool facts that I, well, I keep calling it a fact. I'm going to go with it, whatever. Um, it's a that, story is yeah, what it is. Yeah, like <laughs> ideas um, that, I, that I hid and it stuck with me. And I was like, that's that's just so cool that I just cool have to tell people about this. And nobody else has hid it. So I'm like, mm. maybe it is a lie. But it's a cool is that like walks a line where you're like, I, I guess, yeah, that yeah. that could make mm. sense. Because you don't know how, you know, Earth from a distance looks real, like, circular. You can't really Way see around. mountains when it's, you know, that small. So it does mm. sort of seem like it could be Seems true. Seems plausible. Yeah, yeah, plausible, maybe factual. We just don't know. Depends Although on the I balls. do remember giving a lecture about geographical data and having a 3D scan of the planet, and it looked like, something a two-year-old would make out of clay not that round as you'd hoped <laughs> oh so, okay wow hmm, interesting I feel real real embarrassed now no but now i want to know <laughs> who's one of we'll us is wrong. maybe yeah. if you know it drop it in the comments to save us all google searching afterwards the quickest way to find out if something's true is to say the wrong thing on the internet yeah true. and have someone correct you right <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> so many people ready to just jump out there and correct you immediately. Actually, yeah. I don't yeah. Mind. yeah. So we've got three hundred um, people of Earth that have no mm. no necessary skills or, or or deemed skills. They're just people who did they volunteer? Was this conscripted service? Let's say they volunteered. Otherwise, we have other problems. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's not like jury duty. You're no. going to do your mole man duty. <laughs> See, you see the mailman and they go like, oh, your time is up. You're going <laughs> mole people negotiating. <laughs> yeah. Finally, that I, my time's come. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, because I, I think that would be more... Int- I guess that's easier, because if you're volunteering for this mission, you're at least going to want to do it. Because if you were being taught to learn or being taught how to play a board game that you would then need to play mm, with yeah. other people against your will that I know people who are very nice people who would actually mm. balk at that idea and would also be very bad at it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the idea of learning a board game to some people is still like oh, oh no. no and that's like, some people who would lose on purpose just to get out of it quicker. <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's so true um but yeah that's actually we we get that at the cafe um people who just they kind of settle and they play a game that they know just because they don't want to learn the rules and so that's kind of feel like we're saving them sometimes when we come in and recommend a game and we tell them hey we we can teach you how to play you don't need to you don't need to read a single line of rules and then they go oh okay so then that's kind of a nice thing that we do at the cafe yeah that's, that's um, one of my favorite things i i very rarely read a rule book now either someone <laughs> yeah. someone will teach me a board yeah. game or to be honest, I'll, I'll find a youtube video or whatever else it would be i very rarely read the actual thing back to front like mm. I actually do. I don't, and I love. I learn board games um, very well from watching other people play them, um, or in some certain circumstances, watching other people teach other people the board games. Because there's a couple of video series online where they teach the viewer the board game, or teach the other people in the video the board game, and I just like take it on board. There are games that I've never played that I can teach really well because I've <laughs> absorbed that information from watching it on a video, which. 
Is that a skill? I feel like that's a skill, right? I think that's a skill. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you're literally paid for it. So that sounds like a skill to me. <laughs> one of the uh, one of our original um, staff members would teach Pandemic, and they had never played Pandemic before. They just literally were like, I know mm. it's a popular game, I'm going to learn how to mm. do it, and then I'll teach the game, but I've never played it before. I always wow. thought that was really interesting. That I mean, is, I probably yeah. wouldn't recommend it to everyone either, but it, it, it felt like it was a pretty good feat to... Somehow understand how it's all not working without. I worry there's like a risk you're going to accidentally teach it wrong because like yeah. there's a part of it that doesn't right? click. Because sometimes I've played games that once I'm halfway through the game, I'm like, this doesn't feel right, and then mm. I've double checked, and then I've been like, oh yeah, no, we are doing that bit wrong. <laughs> but I wouldn't have known that until I got like a few turns in and saw that it didn't mm. seem to match and yeah. gel. You know, like a friend of mine played Pandemic and he was saying, oh man, I've just finished Pandemic. I don't know why you guys rave about it. It's so <laughs> easy. And it turned out that when when they were like intensifying the plague, they were shuffling the whole deck instead mm. of just putting the infected countries on top of the deck right. and drawing from the same pile. So a slight misunderstanding of shuffling the discards and putting them on top. And he thought it was just shuffled all the cards together. Yeah. Real slight misinterpretation radically changes how that yeah. game plays. Yeah. Do you, the really upsetting part for me knowing that game is that that bit is written on the card. <laughs> it's not like yeah, you have to sure. learn the rules, it's written on the card <laughs> yeah. that tells you exactly what to do. So, I mean, I'd say partly the blame is on 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 that, like not reading comprehension, not being <laughs> the best. Yeah. But, Skill yeah. Issue. And but, also, yeah. I that's happened to me as well like i've definitely um somebody has taught me a game i remember this happens mostly when other people teach me how to play a game like in real life and they have misinterpreted the rules somewhere and i don't know how and i've just gone blind trust yes i believe you can know how to play this game and then taught someone else and they've questioned it and i've been like yeah i've never really questioned that let's have a look and then find out that i'm wrong and i feel like oh man how many people have i taught that wrong now i'm spreading bad rules around the world this is awful feeling yeah but that's why i don't trust demos at gaming cons anymore because i've been just burned too many times that you <laughs> you realize like wait a minute that doesn't add up at all mm. i think you well, yes. a lot of a lot of those game con demo people I haven't had enough time. They've literally no. done their rule book that, that morning. I um, mean, they, they try their hardest, of course. Uh, but then, I mean, I get it. Just You're standing there for hours. There's lots of people. You try to shorten your, your explanation to like on a second margin. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'd find that kind of interesting because when I learn games um, and teach them a few times, I am always looking for a more efficient way to teach them in a way that makes sense. So it's kind of like using... Uh, rules as sort of like building blocks and knowing which ones to lay first and then mm. which ones to come afterwards and so you've laid the foundation and then which ones to introduce afterwards and I always find it makes me feel like a bit of a weirdo sometimes I'm thinking of rules teaching in that way but I have found that if you do that sometimes you can come up with a really good way to teach a game um, that kind of only introduces the elements where necessary that you don't feel confused because you are talking about something and then you introduce a term or something in the game and then you have to go, right, let's do a little aside and let me explain how that is. And then sometimes that can lead to other things that aren't explained. Um, but yeah, I always find when I teach, yeah, I just like that idea of um, optimizing a, a teach, which I like doing. I find it's that, again, it makes me weird. I'm kind of coming across, kind of really learning a lot about myself on this podcast. 
I I find that you can get through depending on who's doing a teach, you can get through an entire teach and then be like, oh, cool. What am I trying to do? What's the objective? Mm, yeah. How do we win? Like, mm, so I normally mm. try and front load that to be like, okay, this is what what you're trying to do, and then I'll tell you about how you get to that point. Yeah, that's yeah. critical. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and and matching it with the theme, it's like, okay, we're gonna make believe we're doctors for the next hour, and yeah. we're fighting pandemics. That all already helps because every yeah. thing you explain falls into that framework. Yeah. yeah. Good point. So, mole people. Hmm. Mole people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't, I, I have to admit, I can't think of many games that have prepared me for interspecies <laughs> diplomacy. Mm. So, let's let's just talk about what kind of, what is important for diplomacy and what, let's try and like, at least abstractly think about what kind of games might mm. help us achieve that. Are we going to be playing it with, is uh, are the games to prepare the negotiators and give them the right skills to do it? Or are the mole people or all the subterranean races, are they going to play the game with us and it's going to like break the ice? No, I think they're going to, they're going to be training the negotiators. Right. Uh, yeah, so we have to teach them like communication skills, uh, non-language based communication skills. And yeah. also like, um, negotiation skills as well so it has to be mm. easy enough game to to teach people in a limited time with lots of different people but also has to teach these skills it's kind of interesting How, like yeah. what even are these skills what are negotiation skills like i haven't watched enough heist movies <laughs> to really have a grasp on what these skills are uh, I would say you have to figure out the, the goals of the other party. So why are they mm -hmm. coming to the surface? That seems like a good start, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, do they have a long-running feud with whales or sparrows or something? Uh, <laughs> I just love that idea. They've come up to take their vengeance on the yeah. sparrows. The sparrows is like, what? what have I done? <laughs> You're stealing our worms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know how many um, underground people there will be? Ooh. Or is it all of them? Or is it a representative amount? Yeah, were you talking about an invasion or like a <laughs> diplomatic mission? Uh, well, that's the problem. They're underground. So you just know they're digging towards the surface. But Oh, we're there to interrupt them with the trained demo team. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before, before uh, you... Do any of that nonsense? How? Let's just play a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have they learned our language at all? Is is communication going to be a difficult situation? I think it's more fun if we are, if we don't know their language. We don't know their language. Mm. Okay. That uh, immediately like cuts out so many games. But I'm wondering if it's cut out too many. Well, they're not playing the games, right? No. Oh, just, yeah. like, the games mm. the people are playing can be language dependent as long as they in some way help prepare them mm, for yeah. first right. contact yeah so we're trying to build social skills um maybe with some form of analysis so they're trying to uh think quickly on their feet um things that promote intelligent questions whilst still being socially social fish how about yourself personally? What kind of games, what 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 do you, what kind of elements of games, are turn on and turn offs for you? What do you see in a game and think I will never play that game, or I really want to try that game? Uh, 
I don't think I have a lot of turn-offs. I'll try anything at least once. Uh, and I think that's the most important thing for me, is if, if it's a, a rule or mechanic that I haven't tried, or it's just outright silly in its scope or what you have to do, I am mostly the guy who's trying to convince friends like, yeah, we should we should do this. We should be writing each other letters as estranged family members, or we should find Alice who's missing by only using chat windows or stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> as I know you said you'd like to try um, anything once, but on the back of that, has there been anything that you've tried and been like, not for me? I don't like food chain magnet. I've tried it three times now, four times wow. maybe, um, and I, I honestly can say I will, I will never play it again unless I have to do it to save loved ones. And otherwise, no way. Wow. <laughs> why? Out of curiosity, why? Because I, um, I guess just to bring some people in who don't know that game, it's a game where you're building up a fast food sort of business. In a in a map and trying to compete for people's custom, um, but it's quite cutthroat, is it? Isn't it's it? very cutthroat, yeah. and that's the problem. The theme sounds fun, like oh, mm. we're running a fast food restaurant, we're making hamburgers, selling drinks, stuff like that. Uh, but it's a very very cutthroat game. Uh, maybe that's one of the problems. I always played it with people who played it more often, uh, and it also takes a long time, in my experience, mm. at least an hour or three, uh, and about 45 minutes you could reach a situation in which you realize like okay i'm i'm sort of out of the game it doesn't really yeah. matter what i do anymore mm. uh, and then you just sit there going like oh i could be playing so many cool games <laughs> while waiting for my turn in this game where yeah. it's no longer relevant that i'm here it's almost like a player elimination game that isn't player Is elimination it, uh, yeah sort of like it feels that way emotionally at least yeah there's um it is the game that is often brought up when people talk about games that you can lose on the first turn. Yeah. They mean you can make such a strategic like mm. mistake early on in the game that you can never recover from it, but you still have to go through the motions of completing it. Yeah, that yeah. always feels bad. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if cuz I've played it once and I enjoyed it somewhat, but I was um, too confident in doing one decision that I thought would be brilliant and then realized actually that was a mistake. And yeah, it didn't feel good. It did not feel good when you have sort of the rug pulled by someone, which is funny because the reason that happened is because someone else made a very clever yeah. move, which must have felt great for them, <laughs> but it did not feel great for me. And um, I don't know if many games that do that and those games as you said don't feel that fun to play i the only the defense that i have for fute magnet and i i haven't played it too much is it's the only it's one of few games that's fully deterministic then there are no there's no luck involved um, mm -hmm. which is why it's such a high skill game as it were um which favors the replaying significantly over Hey, I've just just begun to play this game, um, and you don't have any experience or knowledge, um, and so that's that's one of the reasons it gets talked about so much is because 
if you really hate luck, you really dislike the idea of dice rolling, if you just want to be good at a game and know it was entirely down to you and how you played, Fuchain Magnet has that appeal. Um, mm. But you're right, it is entirely unforgiving, which is potentially a draw depending on what kind of person you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It depends how long the playtime is, yeah. right? Like, I'm a bit yeah. more okay with knowing that, okay, I messed up and I'm not going to win if the game only lasts 15, mm -hmm. 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. But if it's a two and a half hour game... Oh, at least. <laughs> yeah, at I think least. that's on the low end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, other than not recommending Fuji Magna, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think this suits this uh, which particular is, Which is terrible, because it's a Dutch publisher, so I shouldn't be doing this. I'm uh, sorry. Splotter? Splotter yeah. games? Yeah. What do other games does Splotter actually do? I, I mean, all I think about is... They did Fuji Horseless Magna. Carriage recently. That's their recent game, I yeah. think. And they did uh, Roads and Boats, and they did Bus, and... Probably some other things I'm forgetting right now. I really wish um, that because uh, there's a there's a joke about um, some of the worst board game box art and roads and boats kind of <laughs> gets brought up a lot. Um, so I yes. wish we could show people that. But obviously, I would advise you to go and look at it um, yourself, not just because um, the art is very unlike a lot of other modern board game art for sure. It's like a painted, painted style, but very crudely painted style. But also, if I recall correctly, the logo itself is very weirdly it's, designed. It's a mystery. Yeah. I just I've don't... never seen this before. I've just looked at it. it. I would highly recommend looking it up for a kind of yeah. a little bit oh. of an interesting insight as to what Graphic games... design is my passion. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that is exactly... <laughs> It is so bad. Some people love it, and the game. Apparently, the game is really good. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if that maybe was that their first game, I don't know. I don't. I want to say it's Bus, but and that got a re-release with oh yes, quite a good Bus. cover. The, again, a, a game with a very strange game that as well. Bus. Um, you are essentially um, bussing people from work to home to to partying. Uh, and there's time travel involved it's very strange very it's, strange yeah. concept um but yeah anyway <laughs> they, they they've obviously done something right because they're a very you know successful company now so yeah <laughs> i feel like you could just rate all of the splotter games based on their cover art and i don't think rose and boats <laughs> would be very high up there oh, no. what are you talking about it's my new favorite graphic design piece <laughs> yeah. of all time it's amazing. Amazing. so many questions it's like it, it really is a like a talking point in yeah. the board game hobby. Maybe a nice chance encounter logo in the same style. Nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. New merch idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Amazing. Um, all right. So we have 300 people, which may be too many or too few. We don't know how many people are coming up. Um, and we're trying to educate them. We've got 72 hours um, to try and teach them... Since they're the common population, I assume they already have some some socialization skills rather than I would uh, assume so. And I I would assume they also know what a what a what a playing card is or a die. Yeah. Uh, so mm. we don't have to explain that concept to them. Cool. Okay. Um mm. is there anything that are they sleeping here? Is it seventy two hours of like 
full on playing? Yeah, let's go. Let's go full disaster movie. We have a hidden base somewhere. I was thinking Uh, that in my head actually. I was like, yeah, with the with like the the people with the white coats and then kind of overseeing on like a balcony. Yeah, exactly. Um, like this giant hangar, and you can just see people like learning games and getting really frustrated because the time pressure. I think I think actually the the Street Fighter movie has a giant clock counting down from 72 hours so maybe we can (laughs) repurpose that clock really crank up the pressure i like that make it like independence day yeah exactly you know this i feel like in the the president's there (laughs) (laughs) the first 10 minutes probably have them like making a dotted line right where they're gonna breach the surface and then that's where they put the base (laughs) they threw up all of those like white uh fences or something around so they they get those levels we actually detected them a month ago but uh, it took us 27 days to build the bunker (laughs) and the clock (laughs) we don't have much time left for the the prep (laughs) (laughs) the Um. budget meeting ran a little long but we got the clock so we're all good Um, I guess there's a lot of factors going on in here, which is a really interesting problem to, to, to solve. But I guess what what's the most important thing? Because I don't think I'm going to be able to come up with a game that ticks all of these boxes. So mm. in terms of like importance, is it mo- more important that we get a game that you can teach to these people in that time frame? Or is it more important that maybe... Not all of them understand the game because it's a bit more complicated, but it does teach the negotiation skills a little bit better. Or, and this is a fact that we haven't thought about yet, is it a game that you can actually get 300 copies of? Because if so, we've already eliminated Splotter <laughs> from that. That's true. That's true. Um, let, let's say, like, um, the military uses war games, and I assume some of the people involved playing those war games don't know all the rules, but they're just dare to experience some of the motions of war i guess uh, so let's say the militaries like war games work let's use a game to teach negotiation so it isn't that important that people fully understand the rules they just mm-hmm. need to go through the motions of negotiation and and okay gain so some negotiation skills is the key here yes. how do we teach these these people because yeah they're going to be on the front lines dealing with this unknown entity um and yeah i guess that's that's the most important thing. Okay, cool. That does help, actually. I have a really interesting one, but the problem is I haven't played the game. Oh, yeah, so I, I really... have the same thing. I have, <laughs> I have two games where I think this might be something, but I haven't mm. played both of them. Uh, I've got a game as well, but I have played it, and I'm just really... <laughs> oh, uh, look at me. I've got a game. Uh, I don't play it. Oh. No, but, I mean, I, it's just such a hard... This is actually good, because, you know, it's really challenging, and I just got to... That's mm. why I was asking, because I was like... Oh, trying to help you decide. Yeah, yeah, like, which yeah, yeah. you know, because I could go down, could go down either route, and and certainly like, like I said, it's hard to find one that fits in uh, all of these. So yeah, um, mm. I sort of have one, but I I think I mean I'm certainly not hundred percent done exploring the topic either. I've I've definitely got one. Wow, Ben's mm. straight in there. Yeah. If you played the game as well, if you want to rub that in, yeah, I've played my game. (laughs) And here I was going like Ben is secretly signaling games from his background, so Rich Rich and Russ are having an easy time. But no, yeah, (laughs) there's only like, I mean, we're not actually we're actually in the Oxcast studios, and they only have about sort of twenty board games here, and they're not in, yeah. (laughs) 
where I'm just visioning the wall from Chancing Towers right now, <laughs> trying to figure out which ones are the ones that are actually most useful here. Mm. I like how 20 board games for most people is an insane amount, but we're just so <laughs> yeah. desensitized. We're like, oh, yeah. it's only 20 board games. <laughs> Rookie numbers. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Can't even like... fill a Kallax with <laughs> that. What are you doing? <laughs> I think I worked out that a Kallax shelf holds about five board games, give or take. I mean, it's like Heinzer has quite yeah. a few more. I think we have like, about that. Yeah, I was going to say, there's mm. definitely five in some of those. Yeah, but I feel like take, yeah. most of those have got five in. Yeah. 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 So that basically yeah. only means that it would be four shelves of a Kallax, which those are those are rookie numbers. Those are rookie numbers. Unless you're getting into that button shy game. Yeah. This is something about your collection, doesn't it? Because like most of mine have only got four on. Mm. I think I've got big, mm. big ass games. Well, to be fair, on. I can I can just the camera bit. The bigger games are up there. Oh wow. Ah. That is that is a problem of taking them down, surely. Uh, yeah, that's... but they, they're there for a reason. They don't have to come down that often. <laughs> Makes sense. Oh, but then you get to have one of those cool ladders, like in an that old tiny library. The, that is the dream. You know what I mean, on, on yes. like runners. Yes. I went to I went to a board oh, game um, shop once uh, in mm. Europe, and I'm really struggling to remember exactly where it was. But they had a wall that was so tall and it was just full of games that you could actually buy. Nice. But it did have one of those sort of wheelie ladders that went across oh, it. And part dream. of me was like, I'd love to buy a game just so I could go up there, but I know they won't let me go. They'll get one of the staff members <laughs> to go up there. Um, but it was a really cool venue. Um, I think it, I, I want to say it was definitely in Europe, but I'm not 100% sure. Was, was, it, was it in Utrecht? Because I think there's a board game store that has... It, that situation going on over there given that I've never been there I would That's say no highly unlikely <laughs> <laughs> oh 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 hang on I just found it it's um Copenhagen Copenhagen yeah it's called Faros Faros Cigara I don't know if it'll come across on the screen but look that's that's it what that is insanely yeah, high. Like you can though. see the ladder there wow Whoa. see the ladder there like, yeah I was like, that was pretty cool I was like, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that they had that. It was just mad. It's so tall. All right, let's get ready for some game recommendations. Uh, would anyone like to go first? Mm, I can go first if you like. Sure. sure. <laughs> so I feel like I might be going in a slightly different direction to you guys. Mm -hmm. um, I know that peaceful contact is priority number one, but you should always be prepared for <laughs> non-peaceful contact as well. So I want to merge. Peaceful alliance making with preparedness for betrayal. I want all of our negotiators to really know how to um, understand what someone else wants and use it against them. Because as I understand it, there's multiple different races of subterranean people coming. Mm -hmm. um, and if they were to all unite against us, that'd probably be pretty bad. So I want to be able to uh, set them against each other potentially, or like ally with some and not with others. Idea in a perfect world, we'd all be friends, but you know we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a real cynical world. So I'm going to recommend the classic game, Diplomacy. Ooh, yeah, a strategic board game for seven players with zero random luck, and the gameplay comes entirely through players being forced to work together through a series of alliances. Um which can be betrayed and undermined. And so I want every negotiator to know that you may get perfect promises from everyone, but ultimately 
anyone can portray you at any time, and you need to be ready for that. I want them to experience the br- brutality <laughs> that is diplomacy firsthand, and really just have their faith in humanity ruined time and time again, so that they're ready, ready for anything. <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone here's played Diplomacy. I've never have. played it. Never I, played it. I played one game. It took 24 hours. I was Italy and destroyed at hour 14. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Ow, wow. I, uh, I played it during lockdown via online. It's the one sort of thing that you can do. You can set for a day. So you'd, yeah. you'd have a turn a day. And so I played it with a few of my friends. And mm. I, I when they decided to restart the game i mm-hmm. could not rejoin them because i feared our friendships would not last <laughs> wow you see this is why it's the perfect scenario none of these it people is. are friends <laughs> you true. know and they're forced to be together for th- 72 hours mm. you know you've got no excuses you're not going to break up any friendships you've got more than enough time to play at least two rounds of it's it true. <laughs> I think it's ideal. We might not need all 300, so it's fine if some some of them end up missing for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> whatever reason, they've just excused themselves. I think, I think it's great. It's finally the forced captive audience I've needed to finish a few games of this. Oh, it does. Fair enough. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good game for a reason. Jeez, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Any any it's questions? An oldie but a but a goodie. Yeah. Nice. Any any questions? No, actually, I think it's a great pick because there's a very limited amount of rules, so it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty very easy, easy to, get, to explain and learn. It's easy to get going. Um, actually, I kind of want to see a diplomacy variant with forces being able to come out of the ground because it it will actually Ooh, solve the Italy wow. problem because they break the deadlock. Maybe? Yeah. Expansion? So uh, mm. yeah, maybe maybe subterranean diplomacy is. That that niche that that breaks the whole design wide open. Yeah, maybe we all decide that the the lizard people are too powerful, and we broker an alliance with the mole people and the worm uh, people. Yeah, um, and you know that wouldn't maybe they wouldn't have even imagined of of doing that without having been destroyed by alliances in diplomacy. Yeah, does it inevitably yeah. come down to breaking things, or is there any is there any hope for a player like me who hates? Um, betrayal um, mm. um, to mm. to work and win honestly and peacefully. You can have a team victory. Yeah, possible to have okay. a two player victory where you team up forever, forever, never betrayal. But that's also up to the other player whether they want to step <laughs> you in the back or not. It's, yeah. There's no, they don't, they're not locked into that. It's just one of their options. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever play it. I'll, it just seems like. As you said, the length of the game, like, I think I will play almost anything except games that take far too long for what they are. Yeah. And that's the reason I won't ever touch Game of Thrones or board gaming them. The the one thing I would say, it's the the only time I've actually played Diplomacy and seen it all the way through to the end is when I played an online one move a day Mm. um, game that took took a few weeks to play. I don't think I ever would be able to sit down and play it for eight hours straight. That's the best format, I would say. Is yeah. that because then you can like text each other um, exactly. like strategy? You don't have exactly. to be like, yeah, because I think that would be more fun. There was actually, yeah, I think I've heard about people playing that game via mail as well, like <laughs> old school snail mail. <laughs> yeah, that's what it used to be because it was made in the 50s. Yeah. So, like that was literally the only way to play. I would love that. I, I genuinely would love that receiving post 
because I'd be like, oh, what are they going to do? Like the, the the ideas you'd build up in your head about what people are about to do and then just like suddenly finding well, out. Could you imagine by that? The you've open... spent months like negotiating back and forth with everyone and then one morning you open your mail and in it is, <laughs> Brant has invaded Dover. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, you promised. We spent weeks talking about this. And we were going to invade Germany together. And it couldn't could have been you? a snap decision either. You would have had no, to no, like no. written that out. You know, you've yeah. really thought about <laughs> yeah. that. Committed so the, to destroying the you. The betrayal would hurt more. Yeah. I would love to play a game by mail. What I've also learned that historically people used to play chess using bank transfers uh, oh, because oh. using the little common field while making a bank transfer and just oh, wow. depositing a cent uh, because that would be cheaper than sending the mail over. Uh, but that <laughs> at least I heard it's illegal now to do that that way. <laughs> oh my God. I, mean, like, I love that. Suddenly <laughs> we're on a tangent about the slowest way to play games in the world. <laughs> These are really cool alternative ways. Yeah, right. I I'm just gonna, never thought that. I'm just gonna mm. walk. I'm gonna. I'm gonna walk a marathon. I'm gonna spell out my next move. Yeah. I'm gonna figure on my move. Yeah, just check my fitness tracker app online <laughs> to see my next move. Or playing diplomacy, but actually going to the countries if you yeah. want. <laughs> I invade. Hello. Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Here's a photo of me in Paris. Excellent. Well, that is a very interesting option. Uh, Russ, did you want to introduce yours? Sure. Um, my, like, again, as I, I think it's hard to come up with a game that fits everything. And I do want to... You know, the reason why I asked is because I wanted to know what was the most important thing to focus on. And you said negotiation skills. There are that many um, games that allow you to do this, but the two in my head that are involve are like actually hostage negotiation games. And so I was deb debating which one. There's Two Rooms and a Boom, which is a bit more of a lighthearted game. But I went with the other one because I feel like it's more realistic and it's called Hostage Negotiator. So <laughs> not quite... Um, the, the 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 vibe obviously this is a bit different um but who knows who knows how this meeting could turn out yeah. it could be awful and then maybe, maybe they too capture some of the humans and you have to try and uh negotiate their release but uh yeah this is a a solo game um and as we discovered on an early episode that doesn't necessarily mean you have to play it on your own you can play it with multiple people as long as you're making the decisions together and the goal is to try and rescue as many of the hostages as possible there's dice rolling in it um there's deck building in it your 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 goal is you've you've got a um uh sort of a, a a person and what's kind of interesting about this game is that each person has a different motive um, a, a goal and and they play differently and so you're trying to work with them by buying these cards which allow you to do sort of like it's been a while since I've played it but I remember there's like there's dice that you roll and they have like successes on them and so you're basically trying to um, pick an option of these cards each card has multiple options or multiple um, uh, values on it depending on how successful you are when you're playing this card and you're just trying to use those cards to sort of release the hostages. There's a there's a dial um, or a position on a track that goes back or forth depending on how well you're doing in your negotiations. So if you kind of read the room 
well, you can get more dice to roll. But if you, you know, if you mess up and you you piss the 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 hostage taker off, then it becomes harder to do that. And maybe they'll like sacrifice uh, one of their hostages as like punishment. So it's a it's a careful like balance of trying to you know keep the the hostage taker happy, but also um, um, you know, getting them to release the hostages as well, because there's no point keeping them happy if you're not actually doing your job of re- of rescuing the people. And uh, it's got a lot of content in it for um, such a for such a small box game. And in my head, I was like, okay, so this is obviously about learning negotiation skills. Um, but in I also thought it'd be really funny um, to have 300 people learning how to play a game um, separately, like kind of a really angry sort of game um, because, it, you know, you, it is a very threatening uh, scenario. Um, just like having these people like intensely learning how to play this game about hostage negotiations and shouting all sorts of nonsense like, no, you, why did you kill them? Um, so I think that's my pitch. Just I took it kind of very on the nose about this. Uh, negotiation skills but it's a good it's a good solid game i have played it um a while back and it is one of those um really sort of solid solo deck builders and i i enjoyed it it is very thematic as well so yeah hostage negotiator very cool nice. i like how you took in the uh we need people to learn how to improvise and read the room uh aspects of the the scenario mm. as well uh well, so very very cool yeah and i i just it's um I know it's not necessarily I mean seventy you could definitely like teach it in 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 that. But as I said, like I was just, you know, do I go down Ben's route and like whether we're picking a game where you know it's actually gonna be dealing with whatever the aftermath of the the come up and you know, the the surfacing of them all, the subterranean races are, or do I just go for the skills or do I go for the the easy to teach, like three hundred people in a time sensitive environment. So yeah, I, I hope I hope I picked well. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Uh so I think there's there's I may be wrong, limited numbers of board games that absolutely fills this situation so obviously you guys have gone slightly different directions i was probably more focused on communication at this point i'm gonna pretend i'm gonna believe that the mole people or the lizard folk don't want to come and uh start a war you know that that's (laughs) i believe that everyone should be uh given an opportunity to prove themselves i'm sure they're coming here for for other reasons yeah maybe they don't have an issue with the sparrow but that's we're not. We don't want to interfere with that. We just want to generate those good relations. And for good relations, we need good communication. And so for that, um, I actually have... Uh, we, there's a board game that is called Concept, which is a fantastic board game for utilising that, that information and passing concepts through around each other. So the idea is that the board is... Um, broken down into segments and in those segments they'll have little animations that represent you know tall short red yellow green blue different colors um, flying like walking humans animals various all different bits and so the board is broken into these um, pictures that allow you to 
convey a concept across it. So I think one of the examples on the back of the box is um, it flies, it's small, it's yellow and and black, and then uh, you know that leads you on to believing that it's a bee or something along those lines. So what will happen is the game plays that one of you takes a card and you're trying to communicate one of those nine clues, and it's, it's from sort of easy, medium, and hard, um, with the other players, and then whoever gets that um, gets it correct, gets additional points. So there's a point scoring mechanism and at the end of the game when all of the points have been allocated and then whoever has the most points. But the reason that this is suitable for this one is that you can spend a lot of time trying to convey these concepts so you can hone their kind of language skills, trying to get these ideas passed through. And then because it's kind of pictorial as well, um, that board can then quite rapidly become a almost like a Ouija board, like a communication board between the underground people and then the above ground people that could facilitate communication um, very early on. You know, if it's like pick the tank and then pick the humans and, uh, you know, <laughs> fighting, then it's probably, you know, maybe that is war starting, but at least you knew what it was now. Um, I like that they'd they'd use the the medium of the board to start the war rather than just start attacking you no because you know they say that there's no uh, you know the best uh, element in war is the advance warning of the war right yeah yeah <laughs> not surprise so <laughs> i i think that there's like this doesn't necessarily focus on the the well it kind of does focus on diplomacy and that's the point the the if if you are unable to talk to them then it doesn't really matter what's going on. Mm. This helps take abstract ideas, break them down into things that you can then convey, and then you can always create a story through this this medium of pictures. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be incredibly useful and necessary when they finally arise. And it might take you some time to learn. So that's 72 hours, perfect amount of time. I also think that um, you have... Uh, you know, you're, these aren't people from different um, worlds. A lot of the visual concepts that they're seeing might be actually familiar to them as well. Mm. And um, also, it's just a game that would be fun to play if you like learned the how to play the game. You could be like, yeah, let's have a little bit of a let's have a, just a play, you know, on a break time, you know, between having to like ins this insanity that is happening around you. You can be like, let's just have a little bit of a fun game to play. Also, just the, the the visual idea of this dramatic Michael Bay military hangar full of people playing a bright, colorful game of concept. It's, it's really funny. Right. Explosions everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's yellow, right? <laughs> okay. Um, have you played the game before? Have you got any questions I, about it? Uh, no, well, I haven't played the game before, but I've seen it played. Uh, mm. So I... I Good idea how it works. I'm not as good as Russell at figuring out the whole rule systems just by looking <laughs> at a game. Uh, but I, I think I know. Not everyone can be. No. Not everyone can be. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, but, but I think I got a, a good grasp on how it works. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. Do you have any further questions? Do you want to drill into any of these? Oh, yeah. So I, I really like that it's three, three very different picks which is very cool. Mm -hmm. 
It's not like, oh, it's pandemic. No, it's the Spanish edition of pandemic and it's the Star Wars <laughs> edition of pandemic. Uh, they're very different and they all have like like a good solid foundation of reasoning behind them. Um, I was worried before Rich started his his pick uh, that we're all going to hate hate on the war, on the mole people somehow. That we Nobody would trust them. So I'm, I'm happy that Rich went like, well, maybe we should just come to it open-mindedly. <laughs> um, so no, I, I really like the pigs. Um, I, I do have, when I want to drill down on this. I have a pretty clear visual understanding of what it would look like and what people would be doing. Mm-hmm. So, so, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm, it's all, all obvious and clear to me. Do you know cool. which one you think takes, takes the win? Uh, I think I'm going to give, give the win to you, Rich. Uh, <laughs> nice, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, and the, the, what to seal the deal was like, we can use the board as a, as a primitive communication tool for mm. first contact. That was like, ah, oh, this is layered. Yeah. This is like a well-made lasagna. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly we're not only using this to help people break down language and communicate but we're also bringing it along and showing the giant more people on roaches like, look, mm. B, do you know B? <laughs> yes, we know bees. Oh, we're oh, friends now. We're friends now. <laughs> yes, I, very I, good. I, I agree. Very good pick. <laughs> I don't like how cocky you're getting, though, with all these no. points, though. Just you wait till the lizard folk betray you and no one was prepared. <laughs> That's what I can say. Oh, if only we had military people. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I believe in the best of people. So, uh... amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you uh, for, for coming on and spending your uh, evening with us. And uh, where can people find you in semi co op? Uh, you can find us uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, so we have a website, semicoop.com. Uh, we have a Twitter, we have a Facebook, we have an Instagram, uh, and we even have a ongoing Board Game Geek forum thread. If that is your favorite way to consume web comics, um, mm. so you can give us thumbs up and geek gold, which we can distribute among the board game poor to buy avatars and stuff like that. <laughs> Amazing, perfect. <laughs> and uh, where can people find us then? Well, where you can find us, you can watch the video version on YouTube, or you can get the audio version wherever you find your podcasts. If you enjoyed it, please leave a like or a comment or a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it to help the podcast grow. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.